Welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast. It's a show designed to talk about how God can use small church, ordinary church, everyday church. Your hosts are Barry Littleford and Jordan Dorsey, two small-time pastors who think about this stuff a lot. And we welcome you to today's show. All right. All right. Hello and welcome to episode 22. Welcome, everyone. It's good to be here, man. It is, man. It's been a warm day today. Now, we have to be very honest. We just got out of the pool. We did. And you know what? I'm feeling all right. Well, yes, it's still pretty hot. It's It's like like 42 (laughs) degrees in Adelaide. It's been a warm day, but we thought, well, on a warm day, what, what, what better to do than record a podcast? Well, it's in our diaries, man, and when it's in our diaries, you've got to lock it in. doesn't matter what the temperature. Bill, Bill Hybels would be proud of us. I know. We, we scheduled it, and it happened. It's We're here. Warm. Anyway, uh, today, uh, besides being very hot, we're going to be discussing um, ministering to and, and, and trying to disciple people of the next generation. Yeah, I thought it would be a really interesting point to start having a conversation of of what are the characteristics of this next generation coming through, which mm. your Gen Y... Just. Just. And uh, just as in you're too old or too young? I think I'm too old. 94. I should have checked the generations before we got on. So, uh, so I thought I was like the last or was I the first? No, I think you might be the last. Yeah, maybe. And then yes. it goes Z. It goes Z. So... At the moment, you're walk- working with a lot of Zs. I've worked with a lot of Ys. Ys, yeah. So I thought might have a conversation about, you know, how do you engage those those young people? Mm. What what do you see as in being important to encourage them in their faith journey and and a conversation like that? Yeah, why not? That sounds great. Um, for off the bat, we should probably make it very clear that we are far from ex- experts, just working off our experiences, really. Um, but no, we're not too bad either. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll put good cop, bad cop. I'll, I'll, I'll bring us down. You bring us up. But we'll even out in the middle. I mean, we are working with them. It's like not like we we've never worked with them before. That's true. Okay, maybe I'm being too critical. Anyway, uh, yes. Well, uh, I have worked with with Gen Zs probably my whole ministry, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Graduated school and went straight into school chaplaincy. So I was thrown in with Gen Zs and whatever else is after that, really, because you're looking at kids. Um, that generation is kind of a, a, a large span of kids, and some kids that are starting school now are even a different generation. So. Well, when you think about it, uh, kids who were born after 2000 are now 17. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, so there are kids now that have grown up without, we're, we're not knowing um, that the internet didn't exist. Mm, mm. Like, uh, have all grown up with a mobile device that they've played with as kids. Yeah, well. You know, um, the iPad has always been around. Yeah, I was, a, I was a, at vacation care and a kid told me that they're, birthday year they were born was 2010 i thought 2010 2010 2010 what like what that's insane that someone can be born in 2010 far out makes me feel super old yeah well you are but um (laughs) not as old as me but you're super old so there's this whole whole concept of this generation coming up who have always known facebook always Mm. known social media always known mobile devices Mm. have um you know sat in the lounge room 
with the TV on and everyone has had a mobile device in their hand and no conversation yeah, is happening wow. around a room. Like it's a really unique time to be ministering with uh, young people. Mm. You know, there was a time where, you know, you know, my son, there was a time where there wasn't Wi-Fi. That was you know, t- everything was... The dark wide. ages. Dark yeah. ages. <laughs> dark ages. Days of dial-up. Well, yeah. Well, even after dial-up, there wasn't Wi-Fi. So, That's true. Um, so, it's a whole new generation coming through. And as the church, we've got to work out ways in which we can communicate the gospel to them. So, what have been some of the characteristics that you, you've seen in your Gen Ys that gives you hope about about you know them being discipled and them carrying the gospel forward well i think for me it's been encouraging to see that what transformed me is still transforming others mm-hmm. so it's not like there's been this huge shift that now the gospel has become irrelevant you know we, we can we can just stand firm in that the gospel is always going to be relevant yep. it's always going to speak to people but i think how it speaks to people is different so, so the the gift is the same but the packaging has to be different That's yeah yeah i i yep. think you know you, you listen to sermons of old they would not resonate with with today, with today at all there's nothing about them that is appealing because the gospel was communicated differently um, and I think each generation it shifts and changes a little bit more and more so uh, you might have seen in maybe in your time maybe it was even before you that there was a lot more on this idea of eternity there was this idea on <laughs> that if you don't fix your sin you're going to hell yep. um, from what I've observed that um, being the key motivator to, to give your life to Jesus has changed. Would you agree? Yeah, well, in the 80s, uh, that was the big thing. That's when mm. I came to Christ in the 80s. That's how so it worked for you, man. <laughs> not, not quite. But that was the big motivator because we had the Cold War. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a, nu- there was a threat of a nuclear bomb. I remember growing up with the mm. fact that at any day, one of the world leaders could throw a switch and the world would be over. Wow. And so yeah. eternity was on your mind. What happened if there was a nuclear war in the world and that was where are you going yeah that's right that was a real possibility back then now Mm. you know russia's calmed down and you know they're they're, you know and 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 the the threat has been there so long now that it's been nullified and Mm. people don't have that but yeah 80s uh, particularly it was really hot yeah so obviously the church um was very um aware of the situation when you were that age Mm. in the 80s because they knew that well we need to fit the gospel to what people are feeling and people are feeling that fear and that I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow and um, I think that that, that's very current now because there's a different situation now there isn't that inherent what's going to happen tomorrow Um, people have the kind of security whether it's true or not that they can plan out their whole lives so you're talking about when they're going to die isn't really really going to be the, the the core motivator to what's going to bring them to Jesus no. but and but it has changed mm. and it's changed and what I'm seeing is there's a sh- there's a shift away from I'm not not entirely away from sin and judgment but there's been a greater appeal to purpose yep. and meaning and destiny and there's some um, I would almost call buzzwords that I find really trigger the attention of of my generation and the generation that's coming up behind me. Because you, you think about your generation and, and Generation Z, they come up and they they have been a generation that has more choice mm. than ever before. And and you can get lost in choice. Yeah. Like, 
in the old days, you had a choice between A and B. You know, you either went to university or you got a trade. Now, there is just so much choice mm. that you just see they're like like um, rabbits in the spotlight. They're just yeah. stunned by the plethora of choice they have, and 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 no doubt, then you're saying that you're not an accident God has created you with a purpose and a mm. reason is a very attractive message to mm. people yeah. who have been told all their life mm. that we are just a, a freak of nature yeah. A, yeah. a biological mistake that your mum and dad just went and did something and and here you are, you are yeah. but you've got no rhyme or reason to be mm. here mm. and I, I think that, that that young people are really struggling with well what am I here to do yeah and I get a real sense from probably the generation below you that they are really wanting to grab hold of a destiny Mm. and Mm. say I want to make a mark on this world yeah that will make it a better place yeah a hundred percent some of my most powerful messages uh, to young people whether it's in youth ministry or in school chaplaincy has been that clear statement that you're not a mistake and that there's a path for you I think that image of a path it resonates with me but I've seen it resonate with others this idea that there is a path that you're supposed to walk down are you going to be, are you going to have the faith to find that path and finding that in Jesus and i think that it, it just triggers something within the heart of this generation that they want to know i don't want to just do anything because i can do anything i want to do the one thing i was made to do and it just seems to be igniting a passion in some people and it's exciting but it is different it is and different. and it, it would be very easy for older leaders and just for the church in general to think that one size fits all. And it, and there might still be churches that are still preaching the gospel in a certain way to young people. And they're, they're wondering why isn't it working? And it's because it's, it's a different reality. And and here we have a, um, a generation also that because of their plethora of choice mm. actually can... Uh, adapt to change really quite quickly. Yeah. And the church is a very slow adapter of change. Yeah. And so because they adapt so quickly, they wonder why the church struggles mm, mm. to um, to be able to move with the, the cogs of society that are moving incredibly quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're struggling to keep up. Mm. I think it's one of the reasons why we've got to invest heavily in discipling young people mm. of this generation so that they can be the generation that can adapt and change in a moment's notice to the new thing that's happening yeah. and be able to bring the gospel that way. Yeah. Because I don't think, I, I think I'm pretty good at adapting and changing, but I'm not sure I'm as good as a gem. Gen Z person. No, no, that they, they adapt pretty quick. They move on pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but they also, I've found that they do resonate really well with people that are willing to invest into their lives. They they want that. Um, they they want that wisdom from from someone older than themselves. I'm not sure what, and maybe you could speak into what what where the attraction is with that. But there's this stereotype that young people don't want to hear from old people. But I'm seeing the exact opposite. Yeah, I'm seeing young people that, yep. that are just craving someone older than them to just share wisdom. They want to hear from other people that are older than themselves. I'm seeing that actually there's more young people asking for mentors than mentors asking young people. And that, for me, is exciting. Yeah. It means they, they, want, they value 
old people, which is going to work out well for everyone in the end. It is. And because they know that there's wisdom there, but also there's been lessons learned and they want to avoid them. They want to avoid the mistakes. They want to work towards what is going to work for them. I think it's exciting. There's room for the church to really... Uh, invest in young people because they want to. They want someone to invest in them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think it really comes out of this whole Google age, where mm. where information is always at hand. But I think that the younger generation are working out, particularly with the fake uh, Facebook news and mm. all that sort mm. of stuff, that not all information is real information. Yeah, yeah. And so when they go searching for stuff, and we do that here, if we don't know something, we just hop on our phone and we and Google find out. It yeah, and find out. But it's about finding what is true mm. and what works in life Yeah, that I think really resonates. So they, they've got lots of information, but they don't know what actually works in life. And so to talk to someone that says, I've tried this, it went badly. Yeah. And this is why it went badly. That is more precious to them than looking up in Google. Well, Google can't offer that. No. They just can't. And you know what? I was talking to someone the other day and they said some outlandish news statement that, oh, that this happened in America. And I said, where did you read it? And they said, and they said on Facebook, I said, you know what? I don't even know if that's real. And I noticed within myself, there was this kind of skepticism that actually, you know, what we read is not true. And I think that that is even more ingrained in the people that are younger than myself. They just know that they've been fooled before, that that they've read something and they believed it and they found out it was just a complete joke. And they want to trust um, real knowledge and they actually value authenticity above everything else. Which is where the atheists come in for the young people with the Bible. Yeah. And they say that that's not real knowledge and Mm -hmm. and they start to sow those seeds. And so I think there's greater skepticism within the young people about the the authority of scripture Mm. and what that means. But I also think that that young people are seeing that that as they try and work out what they're to do with their life, that a lot of their relationships are shallow. And and so they're looking for deep, meaningful, Mm. they're looking for people that can say, you know what? I, I love you and I appreciate you, but what you're doing is wrong. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, although they cop it and they cop it hard, I think they appreciate the the real honesty and love that yeah. comes from that sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm incredibly hopeful of this generation. I think that they've got something incre- uh, incredibly um, powerful to offer. Mm. And I think that God's going to use them very powerfully coming forward. And I think we need the Gen Y uh, leaders to lead the Gen Z leaders. And mm. and I think Gen Z, though, are, are just going to be an incredible bunch of young people that if mm. we can see the light of the gospel ignite inside of them, it's something powerful that's going to happen. Well, yeah, they're, they're going to shift culture because if their culture is fake and it's got a veneer to it, then they're going to be the anti to that. They're going to be the most authentic they're, they're people. They're going to rebel against yeah. the fakeness. And what they're going to do, though, is they're going to bring their authenticity into the marketplace of today, which is online. They, they, they know how to use Snapchat before they're born. Yeah. They, they, they don't have to learn. They, they know. And I just know that they're going to leverage what some people would say is damaging. They're going to leverage social media. They're going to, they're going to use what we are learning how to use. And they're going to use it in amazing ways for the glory of God. It's exciting. It is. And, but there is hope, like you said, for, for leaders uh, my age or far older. more senior. Yeah, like and, me. Uh, yeah you, you're old, man. And um, 
Thanks, fella. Yeah, I love you. Um, because we can still be used by God for them because they're, they're looking for that wisdom of old. And it means that if you're listening in today and you're like, I don't even know how, how to relate to young people. I don't think I'm cool enough. <laughs> You know what? They're not even looking for you to be no, cool enough. Want that. I'm, I'm not cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, be well, you. But I am me. Yeah. And and that and if you're going to learn anything today through listening to this podcast, that's it. Yep. Don't don't try and be them, unless you can actually do it. Unless it's actually <laughs> unless you it, can pull it off. If you can if you can pull it off, if you can be 50 years old but yet be the coolest guy in the world, do it. But if you can't, don't try. Because it, they just smell fake. They've got this kind of ingrained yeah. fake radar. Well, they've had to. They've ha- they, that's that's how they survive. But if if they smell fake, they're never going to respect you. It doesn't matter how much you try. A try hard is not going to get you anywhere. But if you are you and just say this is who I am, and and you know what, I'm confident in myself. I'm confident in my faith, and I'm going to invest time and energy into you because I see value in you that is going to speak so much louder to them than anything else. Just to digress a little bit, um, the the culture that these young people are emerging into, I was having a conversation with someone, I think yesterday, that told me that the universities are now holding a degree that is a degree in psychology and, and marketing. Wow. So that they can combine the two things so that they can use the psychology of getting people to buy mm. in their marketing techniques. Wow. And, and, and because they're getting that way wired to try and sell, mm. I think there's going to be a rebuff. There's going to be this anti-consumerism oh, wave yeah. that's going to start to move through um, because the young people are just going to say, this is not real. This is mm. not fake. This does not last. This mm. is disposable. And I actually want something that will that I can pass on to my kids. And it's mm. going to be a real shift, I think, in the future. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure that the market's ready for it. No, no, it's you're 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 dead right. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. They're gonna they're gonna rebel against it, and it actually might even look very similar to to generations that have gone by. There might be a full circle, mm. and it might become v- very uh, focused on on some really core values, and it could be very exciting. Could be very exciting. I mean, I I, I find I even find myself when I, I'm doing my reading now. And, and I think that I've, I've gleaned this from hanging, off, hanging around with young people a bit, is that I actually want to read people back in the 1800s that have actually had a life that has worked. Yeah, yeah. And more than a modern person who just has a theory in a book. Mm. You know, so yeah. I'll go back to my Spurgeon who filled a church mm. and, and want to read Spurgeon because for his era, he made it work. Yeah. Then I do want to... Um, have someone who's got maybe lots of degrees after their name, but has never, never preached. Yeah, to a, their a, own a good thinker, a good yeah. thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, and I agree. You know, and I think that it's because if you look at what their world is, it is online, and it is just a collection of thoughts. If you think what Facebook is, it's a collection of memories and thoughts. There's, there's, it, there's. There's so much of that. They see that every day. But they want to see someone who actually lives out what they say. They want to see someone that what they put on Facebook is actually what they do. Mm. And I think that's what they, people find so interesting about Christians is actually, hopefully, if they're, a great, if they're a great leader, what they post is what they do. 
I, I, I think that's that's the key to this next generation. But I want to encourage the people that are listening to this that we've 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 got to sow into this generation of um, of Gen Ys and Gen Zs. I think they're hung, hungry to be discipled. And I think that they really want to know how to put their faith into practice, mm-hmm. and and so that's why you know I've been been working out how do we disciple kids that's not just sitting down and reading a Bible story and asking questions about mm-hmm. it, but how can we do other things in people's lives that encourage them to say, have I been authentic mm-hmm. in walking with Jesus this week? Yeah, and I think that resonates to that kind of generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even with the new church that I've moved to, you know, the 18, 19, 20-year-olds that I've come across there, they're all hungry mm. to say, you know what, we want to make our lives matter. Yeah. We want to um, we want to do ministry. We want to do it well. What can you teach us? Wow. It's powerful. Vision is easily caught by young people. They, they want to be a part of something big. They want to do something that matters. And if we can in any way give them an avenue to do that they will flourish hmm. they're not they're not gonna be perfect no no you there's a lots of mistakes there yeah and and your job as, as a key leader is just to be the janitor behind them just kind of mopping up but encouraging all the way so keep going yep. keep going keep going because if they really grab hold of your vision of the church of how they can help this world um i think we're going to see some really powerful leaders come that are at what at that age of what 15 16 17 now yeah well that they a, could be amazing leaders in the future yeah as i said the the year 2000 kids are turning 17 this year oh gosh and yeah. so they've got um you know they've, they've they're going to be adults next year yeah so uh and and i think that um by uh, i i had uh two two young people young adults a newly married couple you know, freshly married last year, around for dinner on Sunday night, and um, and, and one of the, and the guy in the relationship, he's 22, 23, and he goes, "Where do you think I should be at?" I said, "Well, by 23, um, you really should have, you should know what God's calling you to do mm. and be on the path of making it happen." And he he was shocked. He was visibly shocked that I would expect that of, of him as a 20, 22, 23 year old. Mm. But I think that if we're doing our discipleship well in the church properly, then then we should be po- pointing them to be exploring their gifts by 16, but by 23, mm. 24, they should be going, um, I kind of know how God's made me, mm. what my strengths are, and I'm heading towards that kind of direction of where God wants me to yeah, go. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's so true. Um, so I would, I would encourage you as a leader, if there is any fear in you of relating with young people, uh, you got to put that fear aside because the potential and, and uh, of what could happen if you invest time into young people, even if you have one person in your church, one young person, doesn't matter how young they might be, find a way to invest into them because they have such potential I think that they're just so open yep. and and even if they're closed to, to, to God doesn't mean they're closed spiritually There there is this kind of openness about this generation that they want that more that they have the nuts and bolts physically but they want the spiritual and if we can sow into them and give them opportunities and really sow a vision into their heart I think that God can do amazing things through them yeah, and, and it just takes people uh, willing to spend time, mm. willing to go the long journey. Mm. And I think it takes three to four years of walking with a young person before you st- start seeing some really quality fruit mm. off the tree. Um, 
uh, you, you know, you've got to be prepared to invest that amount of time. Mm. Um, but if you do, then I don't think you'll be sorry. I think no. you'll, you'll see them want to uh, take on ministry within the life of your church. They'll want to explore how they can be used. The, the worst thing that we can do, and, and we've got to finish up, but I think the worst thing we can do is believe that they've got to be 30 before they can do ministry. Yeah, it's not going to fly. And it, and it won't fly. They'll go and do something else. And uh, in the church, we've got this mentality, but maybe particularly in the United Church, I don't know about others, but of wanting them to be in their 30s and have a bit of life experience. But what I've, what I've experienced with young people of this emerging generation, they want to go. Mm. And so we've got to help them go. Yeah. And I think that as we do, I think we'll see God do amazing things through them. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. And so our encouragement to you uh, today, tonight, whenever you might be listening, is if you've, got, if you've got young people around you, the time to invest is now. Now. And I found that hard recently. I had a couple of moments where I had to choose, am I going to do this or am I going to let the person that is coming up behind me do this and there was a sense of 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 tension there and I felt God say you let go let go and let me use this person and it it takes a mind shift you start thinking differently it's not about the opportunities that you can provide for yourself it's saying what can I provide for that person so that they can become everything that God has created them to be that's right and if, if you can take that gem away with you tonight today whenever it might be and apply that to your ministry apply that to your next meeting your next conversation I think churches around the world will be better off for it. I reckon we've even probably got enough uh, that the next episode we do that we look at letting go and what letting does that go. Mean? Yeah, and uh, and like dig into that a little bit more. I think that will be a fun conversation. Well, tune in next episode. There we go. Letting go. All right. Until next time, people. Great to have you along, and be praying that uh, God bless you in everything that you do. All right. Catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Church podcast where we seek to be a help to the everyday church. Our show notes can be found at openministries.net and you can also become interactive by liking the Everyday Church podcast Facebook page. We trust that you've enjoyed today's show.